everybody, welcome to the 90th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a reminder that you can get some cool exclusive benefits by checking out our Patreon page, get some bonus content, uh, some cool swag in the process there. And uh, please go check out our YouTube channel as well. We've got a bunch of YouTube footage up from MathCore Index Fest 2022. So the first band we're going to talk about is the Sawtooth Grin. And uh, the Sawtooth Grin are a MathCore tech grind outfit from Montrose, New York, although now the members live in Rhode Island and North Carolina and New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. And if you've been around for a second or you have any experience with like message boards, you've probably heard of this band at least once. Mm-hmm. Although they're not like the most prolific, they have easily one of the most dedicated cult-like followings that I have experienced um, in, in underground music. Agreed. I would also venture to say that they're incredibly influential to very, albeit very underrated, and kind of sort of unknown. They're like a sort of a cap and jazz of their style, you know? Wow, well said. Uh, yeah. Like, not prolific, but just like so influential with their very small body of work. Just really creating just that that cacophonic like grind style that with the shrill vocals i mean mm-hmm. it's just um many came after but uh it's the kind of the og of just this the style especially just chaotic grind i guess we could just call it you know agreed um, like they started right after the explosion that happened post dillinger escape plan mm-hmm. i think discordance access was probably the, the link between dillinger and kind of like what they do as well i'm, I'm pretty sure that they're influenced to them by, by them to some degree as well it's so crazy after so many years for them to come out with a, a new material um what is easily the, like the best comeback album of any oh, band I, i've ever known yeah um i would like to say right off the bat uh the songwriting has definitely improved uh great transitions breakdowns are solid um oh you know just very quickly let's talk about their back catalog before we get oh, jump into the absolutely. album yeah talk about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so they released their debut EP, Cuddle, Mos- Cuddle Monster, back in 2001, which is like their most famous work. Most people know yeah. by that one. Then the EP, Pervivore. Pervivore in 2004. And then in 2011, they released the Jabberwocky demos. Did you listen to those? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So there, there are seven tracks altogether, three like complete tracks, and then like four instrumentals that are were incomplete without vocals. But now the backer, excuse me, now the band are back with what is their, actually their first full-length album, Good which they released on October 31st. And it was recorded by Kevin Antarisian of the Dillinger Escape Plan and Knife the Glitter. And it features their former live drummer, John Carroll, formerly of the number 12 Looks Like You, Heatherton Heatwave, and Negative Hate. You remember those last two bands? Mm-hmm. Negative Hate, I do. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a sort of a, a hidden gem there, especially the Heatherton Heatwave. And this is actually John's first recording with Sawtooth. Like, there's sort of a misconception that he was like their their main drummer for for whatever reason. But oh, huh, okay. Yeah, but this is actually John Carroll's first studio recording with the Sawtooth Grin. It also features bassist DJ Scully of Number Twelve mm-hmm. and Dead Empires, and just like a million fucking other bands. And uh, the cover is by Shintaro Kago, who is an incredible mangaka. Yep. Album artwork is top notch, amazing. So it, good, it fits with just the, the the chaos of what Sawtooth is. It's top notch, and the theme too. It's like it's it's conveying the chaos, but at the same time, I think there's an underlying like familial theme of like childhood Lyric, and like innocence. The lyrical kind of content mm-hmm. going on there with that, yeah, absolutely. Like what a perfect, beautiful way to convey, yeah, the the whole subject matter of the album, and uh, 
yeah, Shintaro Kago just absolutely killing it here. He also did the cover for Five Pound Pocket Universe, which we talked about previously on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about Cuddle Monster specifically because it's just such an important record to me you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like a massive personal inspiration in my own musical endeavor so that that all just to say we'll, we'll talk start talking about good now um that i was very very excited for this just like after so many fucking years to hear that they're working on a new album and they did not disappoint yep it's crazy that just uh, out of this this many years i mean uh especially like we were talking about some, some a band so prolific but really not the biggest following in a way right you know as far Relatively as numbers small. go but like it's yeah it's just great but people just like love them so dearly and and fiercely that um they basically answered the call to action and, and came back yep and yeah so if you're not familiar with the band sound they basically have all the hallmarks of the myspace era you know chaotic instrumentals short songs furious grooves pummeling breakdowns jazz breaks I think notably, like their main calling card is Rich Lombardi, the vocals of, of Rich Lombardi. It's so so the one distinct. and only man. Yeah, I think a lot of people aspire to sound like Rich Lombardi when they're trying to do like that chaotic high shriek. And he's just been in a bunch of other amazing bands too. Just to talk about Rich for a second. Like Old Painless was another great kind of like grindcore project. They did that split with uh, Preapis. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yep, I had that on seven inch. Then he was also in Snake Baptist, which... <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, that one didn't have a very you know, like a long run or anything, just like that one EP, much like every other band he's been in, it seems. But And then um, Colloquial Kiss, of course, most I think most famously aside from Sawtooth. It's the biggest, like uh, I guess, band that I would compare to Sawtooth would be Colloquial Kiss. Be, so, yeah, yeah. I think that Colloquial Kiss is kind of just Sawtooth with programmed drums. You know, yeah, It's yeah. like the... I know it's different instrumentalists it wasn't jay um yeah the guitarist of colloquial kiss certainly had a very similar kind of angular maybe a little more tech deathy kind of though for colloquial kiss you know Word. i feel like maybe they tap a bit more like death metal kind of material but getting back to sawtooth grin so yeah this album is fucking incredible like every song is 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 super fucking good with the exception of the final track which is basically kind of like a noise outro. It's but, a noise outro, yeah. But that's like such a, a minor, you know, a minor complaint. Like every track is just like gripping and offers something memorable and unique. Uh, bedtime really uh, stuck out to me. You know, bass boosted fucking breakdown in there. It was awesome. Uh, Afterlife kid. Yeah, bedtime's a fucking banger too. I what what I love about bedtime is that it it's literally about putting his kids to bed. Yep. 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 <laughs> like Rich's lyrics on this album are so fucking great. Like not only is he still like sounding as good as he's ever sounded on this album, the lyrics are just amazing. I mean, like there's there's kind of an expectation when somebody at that age comes back for from so long like not being a vocalist, like not really kind of like exercising their chops, like you think maybe they won't like have it, you know. Oh, he does. Absolutely he still does. has it. Yep. Um, dude, Afterlife Kids as well. Amazing. Uh, just the, the playful vocals in there. Yeah, uh, Afterlife Kids, I, I love that because it's sort of this weird, like, personal self-aware moment where he's acknowledging that they're this... Basically, they're they're brought back to life by the cries of their, their fan base, you know? Jesus Christ. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, a great, great self-aware moment on that track. Yep. Uh, the, my favorite track, though, would be What's Cremation, though. Yeah, that's funny. Basically having to explain death to your children. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Basically, good is about how it, he's just, like, living a good life, you know? So it basically just focuses on that seemingly 
you know, banal minutia of the day-to-day of, of family life, you know, hanging out uh, on, on a dead-end street. And the first track is about the apple tree in their front yard. And um, also, you know, I don't need this where he's like seemingly describing just feeling fine, like having resigned himself to to that life. You know, he's like, okay with it. He doesn't miss really playing music anymore, you know. It's amazing. I mean, it, um, the uh, to have the lyrical content just reflects so much on a person. Like Such that. sincerity, yep. I think that's Great. that's what really makes it's it real. like good. Yeah, yep. it's super fucking real. It's like I, I think that he felt like he needed to take a different lyrical approach. Like I think previously they were more the lyrics were sort of um, I don't know more irreverent. Let's say yeah, they're more like kind Abstract-y of kind yeah. Of, yeah. I mean, they're they're still sort of they, they're not lacking subtlety now, but. Yeah, I, I really love the way he sort of paints this family life with this brush, and they manage to put it to instrumentals that match somehow. You know, like yep. the, the instrumentals are like so fucking urgent. One thing I love about this band is that you know, as much as they can just like cave your head in with insane shit, they can also just like bring in those huge anthemic riffs. Like on the tracks, uh, Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel, and the album's True Closer, that's just swell. Which for me, it feels like a tie-in to, to Cuddle Monster, you know? They they closed out Cuddle Monster the same way with like kind of, um, with adding some like more repeats to like that main motif, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear, I hear, I hear what you're saying there. Um, sure do like that it wasn't too many tracks, you know? they um gave us just enough it's about 20 minutes of of material when you you cut out the uh the outro it's not saturated it's awesome you know um definitely just once again just improved uh songwriting yeah uh, the transitions lyrical content it's it's the production production is incredible it's like hearing it's like hearing sawtooth for the first time artwork's better fucking everything's everything's great man it literally it's like hearing sawtooth through the lens of like a number 12 or dillinger album basically yep Yep, but yeah, man, this is just endlessly listenable. It's just one of those albums that when it's on, I cannot fucking sit still. Like it's like every time change, every groove, every riff is just so fucking irresistible and infectious. You just like wanna like tap out all the fucking rhythms, you know. Mm-hmm. The opener, I think, is like the best example of the material that, um, or just like some of the strongest material on this album. <laughs> yep, the highlights. You know what you're gonna expect of the rest of the album. It's Absolutely. a great fucking primer. Yeah, yeah this is a, a explosive opening track. What's most fascinating about it, though, is that they spectacularly repurposed some of the pre-existing motifs from the unfinished Jabberwocky demos. So, like on the opening track, again, uh, Grand Sultan Summer, they took some sequences from the instrumental demo, demo uh, Suckling Pig. It, like, literally gave me chills the first time I heard that when I heard they brought back that fucking... The oh, wrist. wow. Yeah, so they, like, they brought back that song, and they also brought back... Um, the track itself, the Jabberwock, they turned it into "I Don't Need This," which is like an improved version of that track. So, like, they basically did bring one of those songs like fully intact to this new album. I did not notice that. That's all to say that some of this fucking material is over a decade old. Like, it sounds really fucking fresh for being from like 2011 or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jay's guitar work just absolutely incredible on this release. Super clean performances. Like, he's been like working on Bach. I'm not sure if you follow him on Instagram, but like he posts like Bach guitar playthroughs all the time. No, I don't. No. Yeah, so he's been like honing his chops doing that shit forever. So I think we should give him the opener. Cool. That sound good? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, What's Cremation is great. Bedtime was my other favorite one. That's Just Swell. I, I love That's Just Swell again because they just sort of 
the, the tie into the cuddle monster theme with the the more like riffy kind of um you know thing on the outro but yeah i think grand sultan summer is like such a, a good primer that we should give him that so we're going to go ahead and play for you Grand Sultan Summer, which is track one from the Sawtooth Grin's new album, Good, which came out back on October 31st. Here we go. <laughs> Alright, so that was Grand Sultan Summer by the Sawtooth Grin, and that's the first track off their new album, Good, which came out on October 31st. It Christian, noted. Christian, was it good? <laughs> it's very good. Ah! It's good. Because it's a there's a period there. It is. Good. Good, period. <laughs> Satisfactory. That should have been our review. We should have just did that. It's good. Good. Here's good. the song. You? Good. Alright. So next, we're going to talk about Joanna Ray. And Joanna Ray are a four-piece mathcore band from Birmingham, UK. And they just released their debut full-length album, Reality Fallacy, on October 14th. And man, does this hit the spot. This is like one of the most promising, exciting new mathcore prospects out there. Take a shot, everybody. Botch. Converge. Right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's, we got some heavy vibes here going on with that. Yeah, definitely. They, In I mean, a good way. I would say that the Dillinger comparison definitely lands because they really enjoy, it seems like, using electronics and breakbeats. Yep. Like, yep. It's, it's never overdone, but it really does aid to the atmosphere, and it kind of like adds some really great pacing to this record. I feel like the Converge vibes, it's more like Baloo vibes. Like, I just hear, like, the, the guitar licks that are going on here, just like, it just sounds like Kurt Baloo is, they, like, literally in the band. They get into, like, some more emotive moments that would definitely, that would kind of, like, remind me of that for sure. Like, Black Balloons and Collateral Damage in particular are moments where it's kind of, like, I would agree with that comparison. Yes, uh, Black, yeah, Black Balloons, yes. Those Um, two tracks are, like, where they hit those, hit those, Mm -hmm. um, get those strides. 
Solid math core, man. I will say Trial by Choice starts super fucking strong with those blasts. Uh, favorite tracks would be Reboot and Trial by Choice. Uh, it, overall, this is just um, a very solid uh, release. Um, just, uh, I'm very shocked that I have not heard about these guys before this podcast. I mean, they're a new band. This is their debut full-length album. Yes, I understand. Just like, and I haven't, like, no single drop before. I was just like, oh, fucking holy shit. Like, I mean, they they, released, they, they, uh, they have some they have some releases before this, you know? No, they didn't. They, really? This is their debut full-length album. They put really? out they put out three singles, Hate Campaign, which is pretty short, but definitely a ripper. Loving, like, the slidey harmonics and feedback on that track. Hornet's Nest, for me, is the track, though. Really great mix of, like, chaotic math core and just the right amount of, like, breakbeats and electronica. Hmm. Infamy and Retrograde was a banger too. Huge breakdown in the back end of that one. I think, uh, you know, if I had to pick a track, it would be Hornet's Nest though. I would choose Reboot, but I'd say let's do Hornet's Nest. I see where you're going with that one. I don't remember what Reboot sounds like. One thing I wanted to say really quickly is that the vocalist strongly, strongly reminds me of James Munez of The Blood with that register and delivery. It's like, he's like identical timbre basically. Pass the flask, yeah. am I right, bud? Mm-hmm. They also remind me quite a bit of Every Time I Die, too. This is basically... Oh, like, there's some Buckley kind of vocal stylings going on in I, here. And just some like kind of sort of southern fried riffs occasionally mm-hmm. here and yep. there, too. I, I think that... They're sprinkled in there. A little, little salt and pepper over here and there. You it's know? like it's such a perfect blend of all the bands that everyone's, you know, who follows Math Cornix is crazy about. So you should definitely check this band out. They've got like a criminally small following to it. Like, I, I feel like when I say a solid mathcore release, it is basically encompassing those bands, right? It's like fucking Botch, Converge, Dillinger, Every Time I sure. Die. It's like, you know, we get a little bit of the, the touch of everything in there, a little Venn diagram. It's like a little mix of both. Yeah, as long as we're touching everybody there. It's Sometimes like, more of others, but more yeah. More of others, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, they're definitely um it's a it's a good blend of, of all of those aforementioned things. So yep. yeah, all in all, this is a very, very strong showing for a band's debut full length as well, I would say. Like there, I, there's very few bands who come out of the gates with just like, you know, over ten tracks of material that's like this fucking solid. Production's great. Production is great. Front to back, it's a it's a pretty fucking pretty strong listen overall. So yeah, uh, that being said. We're going to go ahead and give you Hornet's Nest, which is track one from Reality Fantasy. And that is, uh, that is, when does that come out? And that came out on October 14th. Here we go.
All right, so that was Hornet's Nest, which is track one from Reality Fallacy, which is Joanna, Joanna Ray's new album that just came out back in October. So next, we're going to talk about In Fall. So In Fall are a mathcore outfit out of Arona, Italy. And uh, back in 2017, they released Silent, which didn't crack my top 10, but definitely one of the better records in the style released that year. And now the band are back with their sophomore full-length FAR, which they officially released today, Monday, mm-hmm. November 14th. And it was mixed by none other than Kurt Ballou at God City and mastered by Alan Duchess at West West Side Music, who's done Dillinger Escape Plan. So that being said, you definitely get like a good blend of those two sounds on this record, um, really channeling that more up-tempo, hardcore punk kind of sound. But then balancing it out with some nice emotive slower sequences as well. A lot of emotive slower sequences here going on. But it just, um, man, what a great fucking hardcore album. This is really a solid release. Uh, first out, first track, Check Pulse, definitely takes a second to get started. But after it gets started, whoo, boy, does it get started. It's fucking ripping. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this record starts really strong yes uh i really love how high the bass is in the mix even from the beginning of this when uh check pulse kicks in the chugginess and heritage was fucking so powerful heritage is good as fuck too yeah the beginning of that like with like a jun 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 and the drums just kind of like change up underneath that you know it's a very very just overall diverse and well-produced very catchy as well album um i uh Infall, well done. It definitely was a step up from the Silent. Silent, yep. Silent, mm-hmm. yep. And they even re recorded Silent or like put a, a remaster. The remaster, out. I yeah. noticed that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this is definitely a certain, certainly a much stronger batch of tracks. Yeah, again, Heritage is fucking good. Check Pulse took a little too long to get going for me, but um, not even a scratch really hit. And I think Triumphant March is where they're really starting to hit their stride on this record. If I had to pick a track, I would say Triumphant March, though. Ooh, mine is Not Even a Scratch. We should do Not Even a Scratch, then, if we both agree that's a good track. I, I definitely like that one quite a bit, Love the fucking chanty back vocals in there a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm, gives a little girth. Yep, enjoy that one. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Not Even a Scratch, which is track three from Far, which is In Fall's new album that came out on November 14th. Here we go. <laughs>
So that was Not Even a Scratch, which is off Infall's new album, Far, which just came out today. It good. Next, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir. Fucking mouthful of a name. You did it. And they are a mathcore quartet from Savannah, Georgia. And they just released their debut full-length, Slow Murder, on October 14th. I would describe their sound as mathcore, but like many bands under the umbrella, they definitely draw from like a larger, much larger palette, actually. You said it. Like, there's elements of sludge and screamo and post-hardcore. It's like kind of like well. straight up, just like rock and roll at straight points up too. rock and roll. Yeah, like there's points on this record where I'm like, this sounds like Melvin's to me. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we got that that that. Yeah, <laughs> we got the buzzo going going on. There's here. a kind of a buzzo vibe, a bit of a Jesus Lizard vibe. If we're just going to be naming bands now, like very yep. lazily, but um, it's um, I would say overall, uh, I would describe them as like. There's just a lot of powerful spoken word pieces, huge that are adding to like this thick as mud at points a brutal like album it's 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 a little all over the place i want to say naturally my favorite track would be cow tools and i want to cow tools is a highlight for sure i thought that more of the album was going to be cow tools but instead we definitely got a little more um more measured yeah I, i wouldn't describe it as like goofy but like it's very theatrical at points. There's so much spoken word going on where it's kind of becoming something else. I, I, I really don't know what genre to even like looping into at that point. I do want to say, though, the fucking Doom to Grow, uh, where they uh, used uh, the a vocalist of Soul Glow. Uh, mm-hmm. Holy fucking shit. They brought wow. in two members. They both Pierce and Gigi of Soul Glow appear yes. on that track. Uh, they also have in Logan uh, of... Jillian Carter on another track as well. Notice that as well. Yeah. Yep, great. It's it, it, it's great. I, I overall though, Cow Tools like stuck out just as the strongest uh, track with this album. Everything else, um, it's just a ride. It's a ride of an album. Very very different. You know. Um, I don't know, man. I don't got much to say other than that. Just it's, it's a little out there. Yeah, there's a kind of a very raw, live sounding production to this record too. Like the the guitars have this sort of like more of a vintage crunch to them like very like martial sounding mm. there's also a bit of like irreverence and almost like sl- i don't want to say sloppiness but especially on it's all undone it's bullshit there's no wow factor that kind of reminds me of heavy heavy low low <laughs> okay like and i also make that comparison knowing that robbie smith does not shy away from the spoken word approach you know he's he's still yeah uh, maybe a little bit more so on like bone cutters material but nonetheless yeah, you know, as much as I enjoy the spoken word elements, I kind of agree with you. Like, um, it kind of can dominate this release a bit too much. It sort of takes me out of it at times. Like, I generally agree, and it's like theatrically, know, like like cartoony in a way at at points. And it's like the, the sentiments being expressed. Like, I totally are aligned with them. Like, I agree with them. I sympathize with them. I, you know, can identify with some of them. And I can just appreciate the passion with which they're being delivered, but yeah, it's almost like it's it dominates too much of this record's runtime. I think mm-hmm. might be. Otherwise, it's re- it is really enjoyable though. Like I'm, there's there's certain parts like that kind of maybe it doesn't work, and there are parts that it works much better. Like I would specifically cite the track "Cesspool" of being like where it's really really working for me, and I think that might be due to the fact that the the, the words are 
being sung to, you know? Yep. Yep. That cesspool is a really standout track for me. I, I agree that cow tools is great, but cow tools is a little too like short and succinct for me. Like I, I like the sludginess, that catchy lumbering opening riff yep. and the sass on the back end of it. But um, yeah, man, cesspool just for me, like the grungy opening sequence with the singing almost takes me back to like the nineties. It's like kind of like a nineties sounding cut, you know, I respect that. Yep. But then on the back end, they've got those like descending panic chords, and that's really nice as well. Kind of like some funny random auxiliary percussion, um, some weird like production odds and ends on that track that sort of like made me laugh. But I, I appreciate the experimentation, and I think that on that track, it, they, it, it really lands. Word. Um, on a werewolf, the closing track also hits pretty hard. That like slidey opening. I wish they would have done that opening just a bit longer. Honestly, like fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Yeah, that that track fucking bangs too. For me, I mean, I want to play Cow Tools because it's like the obvious single, and it was the single. It has a good music video and, and everything. But um, I think we can. There's enough tracks. I think we can give them something else. Let's give them cesspool. Yeah, because cesspool will. There's no like spoken word shit on Cow Tools at all. They weren't like understand those references. So. It was just a short and sweet track that fucking grabbed me by the boo boo. For sure, yeah. I, I I would definitely cite that as one of the better better tracks for uh, as well. But um, yeah, if if uh, if you don't mind, we'll give him uh, we'll give him cesspool. Let's fucking do it. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you cesspool, which is track six from the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir's new album Slow Murder, which came out back on October fourteenth. Here we go.
out there is a fucking sadist A manipulator with a new glowing facelift Doggy dog and brother clubbing brother In the name of the holy of the motherfucker Alright, so that was Cesspool, which is off the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir's new album, Slow Murder, which came out back in October. The slowest of murders. <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about thought crime. Not thought crimes. Not thought crimes, but thought crime. T to make the distinction. T. Yes. So thought crime are a cyber grind quartet from Urbana, Illinois, home of American football. <laughs> I had to say it. You sons of bitches. If you didn't know, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. Um, so, yeah, now that we've established that. <laughs> we've, we've covered the band on a couple occasions. Most recently last year with the release of the Four Ways to Die split. Yep. And, uh, and now having already released a split with the Cheeseburger Picnic, Maya Chun, earlier this year, the band are back with their new full length. Digital Drift, which they released on October 28th via Prosthetic Records. And, you know, with the last few releases, they've just been leaning further and further into, like, this mid-aughts, poppy, metalcore, and trancey EDM thing. Yep. And I think it's really come to a head, you know, fu- fully fully formed on this new LP. Wow. it! I'm going to say right off the bat, I was not expecting to enjoy this album as much as I enjoyed it. I really. I'm right there with you. I had pretty low. Like, I did not like the last batch of tracks. Yes, yes. Uh, this album, uh, in the MySpace vibe, it just it fucking grabbed me. It is very catchy. The mix mm-hmm. of the genres is just in. It's it's well done in a very frantic way. You kind of like dip all over the place. There are crazy elements of like, just like. We're going from we came with broken teeth to like attack attack, attack, attack. fucking this the drop dead gorgeous yes the 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 singy auto tuny kind of approach here first of all it's just done so well the the singy parts are are legit just catchy, they are good very good. very catchy I agree. And I'm like I'm like I'm swaying my hips a little bit just kind of bopping the shoulders and they're like, much mm-hmm, better than mm-hmm. on the last batch of tracks for sure like the singy parts in particular was where I was really like tuning out and I mean as far as like a digital grind MySpace kind of sass thing going on. Holy fuck, I like this like four times as much as I thought I was going to fucking yeah, like it. It's, so, it's yeah. just such a stronger, stronger body of work for sure. Like they really, they, they brought a good batch of tracks for this fucking for album, uh, this album for sure. It, I mean, specifically, just like as far as drum machines, like sometimes I don't like to hear it, but on this album, I was like, give me all the fastest blasts you fucking got. I just wanted to, you know, like it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the the more like melodic stuff, rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, and tweet this, both of those really like bringing in that dancey electronic shit. The sass comes in super heavy. I feel with a uh, uh, there will come soft rains. Mm. Now, the I vocal think, spots, the guest spots on this album are incredible too. My favorite fucking track, and just the catchiness. The, the singing, just everything, the lyrical content, everything about this, 
uh, it would be the track "You're Like a Black Hole." The way you expect my life to revolve around you has <laughs> it just like it. It has such good fucking shit, man. In this in in this this uh, this uh, song. That's so funny. I have no notes on that track. Really? At all. No. Specifically, I mean, really. Okay. What what like? I mean, we still got to talk, but I mean, like, what would be the track that you would pick to to play like right now? Uh, the opening track. Really? Yeah. See, I I feel like I would argue with you and go with the you're like a black hole there's no idea what that song sounds like i'm gonna be honest with you i can't okay. even remember it right now all right cool <laughs> i listened to this album quite a few times like four or five times at least but yeah i do not remember that lyrically, song off the top of my head lyrically it's good and vocally it just brings the fucking spoken word sass a little bit and you really get the the point of the the track anyways that's that's all i gotta say yeah there's a lot of sass on this record though for sure I, I wanted to say that I, I really love the guest vocal features, though. Like, Carson, obviously, coming in very strong. Mm-hmm. Aki of Dreamwell. I didn't know Aki had those, like, super high, shrieky highs. Almost, like, black metal-y, kind of. And then um, I think the most memorable feature, though, is, is Kate Davies of Pupil Slicer, like, where she opens up the feature with, like, this fucking hilarious call-out, like, shout-out. You know what I'm talking about? It's amazing. It's it's almost like a hardcore kind of shout out in a way. Like, yeah. I you know actually that's probably my favorite track overall. But um yeah, I, I did like the opening track quite a bit. That one's got some staying power with that opening riff. That opening riff is like melodic or uh, is memorable as fuck. That one sticks with you. Um, average Tuesday again with Aki of Dreamwell. Uh, this is my breakdown. I get to pick the music <laughs> <laughs> with Carson Pace with the Calistar Boys. Motherfucking Unlimited, uh, excuse me, Motherfucker Unlimited, definitely a big highlight for me with Kate. With Kate, yep. Yeah, yeah, that goes hard as hell on the opening, and definitely comes back with a vengeance with that woofing dog sample. Like, I love that so much when that, that woof hits. It's like stereo, too, so it like pans from left to right, <laughs> like in your speakers. <laughs> I, that, do you know what, man? The more we talk about this, that track is pretty fucking fire. That actually. track is yep. good, Doug, I'm yep. telling you, yeah. Maybe we should play that. Is that or you're a black hole? I don't know. Well, let's do that one then, since we both agree. So, as opposed to the opener, we'll play Motherfucker Unlimited featuring Kate Davies of Pupil Slicer. And that is track 12 from Thought Crime's new full-length album, Digital Drift. And that came out on October 28th via Prosthetic Records. Here we go. You're under arrest. It's a thought crime. <laughs> In the studio, for real? Let's fucking go! Let's go! My fucking life! Guys, it's our guys, and there are any need for something you brother! Walking all around like you are the place! No one ever asked you a goddamn thing! I say this. I wanna be my soul. 
Both of us just fucking reveling in that woofing dog sample. Perfect. It hits, notch. it hits so fucking hard, dude. That is like the toughest sample I've heard in a fucking Kate, song. It's Kate, so long. Kate with their fucking accent is just, it's so perfect with that call out in the beginning. Just yeah. the, the, oh my God. I had to message Kate and be like, yo, this feature is incredible. The, the English accent just works so well with that hardcore shout out. The let's, the like, let's fucking go really sent me. It's like they just put that on the fucking So the aggressive, album. so posh at the same Amazing. time. It's like, what the fuck? dude yeah so good yeah really really digging that so that was let's see which track did we actually play we played um motherfucker unlimited which is track 11 from thought crimes new album digital drift and that came out back in october so last we're going to talk about the sound that ends creation and the sound that ends creation is a solo math grind project from allen texas and they just released their new EP, <laughs> Unicorn Laser Bubblegum City, ah, which came out on November 4th. And by the way, I, I got to say, I, I like this EP a little bit better than Boomers, Zoomers, and Desperate Coomers. I'm not going to lie. I think, I think I'm, I'm liking the approach just a bit more. Well... I will say right off the bat, my personal preference, as you all know, I like digestible EPs, blast through that shit. Um, the way that Chris creates his absurd just cacophony of just grind, organ, chaos. Um, horns and piano. Horns, piano, everything. I, I, I do like this uh, smaller uh dosage of, of it i mean i did like boomer zoomers desperate coomers because it had some nice features but yeah, it's like, a lot to digest man at one time take it all in you know it's a lot of it's a lot going on i did I'll, you know i liked memes dreams and flying machines a lot better released and on dark child records released on dark Child records and i i liked um music design to give you ideas even more than that that was the whole reason i decided to work with chris initially is because on the strength of that album because it was just um I don't know. It was more like breakdown focused kind of material back then, and a little less uh, focused on like sort of um, extraneous instrumental stuff. This, like, like I said, this EP overall, I will say it's it's very entertaining. It's uh, it has a theme. We, if you look at the lyrical content and also the the song titles, it's a political thing going on. I will admit. Even though the song titles are humorous, it is a lot to digest and just like swallow. <laughs> and by the end, we were of the- talking about this earlier. If you if you were not if you didn't understand what satire is, you would have a hard time wrapping your head around this. Right. But, but just like even me, like after the fifth track, I'm like, okay, that was a lot of uh, that was a lot for the titles. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Like <laughs> and it's like we don't we don't like we disagree with the commentary, but yeah, like it's. Um, I think a lot is a definitely a good description for the sound that is creation, just generally speaking. I will like, say I, I like that Chris is trying some newer stuff. Like yes, like he's trying some different vocal stylings on the CP. Yes, did you notice that? Like I absolutely like I had to like go and look and make sure there wasn't a feature. I was like, wow, who's this like sassy vocal coming yep. on here? And it was him, Chris. Overall, t- for all the times in math cor- in math cast where we have critiqued like uh, a solo project you know uh the one man band right <laughs> like i used to say uh but um 
I, I feel like anytime Chris, you see like, the one man band, I just always think about the guy from Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah, like, like everything's like symbols <laughs> on the knees. Like there's a bass drum on the back, you know. Like Chris, you're the cyber grind equivalent of that, G. You're so so. That's actually what I want to say. I want to say there's a tip of the hat going on here to Chris because for anybody out there that is not aware of sound that ends creation, it is one person. Chris not only is creating all of this, creates the art, records himself, masters everything. Well, no, he drops, creates the art. Drops right? his. Huh? Oh, we're done. Not the art, not the art. But um, dro- actually, Corey Curly Swope did the. Cover I was gonna say Corey does most of his fucking art there. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Cepheus did his last two covers, if I'm not mistaken. What? Did, who did a? Uh, who did uh, the memes one? Cepheus did that one. It's a Mexican uh, graphic designer. Is that who did the videos graphic as well? Artist. Yes, Cessius also did the other music video. Yeah, and he did Shout the Shout out to Cessius. Cessius, that's uh, S-E-S-I-U-S. Cessius Medina is his name. So back back to Chris, though. I'm trying to give Chris a compliment sure. here. Sorry. So ultimately, uh, out of all the one-person projects, Chris tours and continuously has gone on tour this last year and a half and really... Literally, it's like he has addressed every critique that we have ever given him on this podcast in like... Not, not he's like, like say no more. Like I got you. Like, <laughs> like, like none of her addresses us in it, but like just like does really it. just like, but but not saying like he's listening to us. Just like he has like really rounded yeah, the edges I, on what it is to be a one person project. He <laughs> goes out and huh fucking souls dude yeah, it is 100%. amazing so like i mean myself like i'm in the cannabis industry like i fucking like dude shout out to the hustler that he is like he really does do it all and i i feel like um just coming from the mathcore index community i feel like the following and the appreciation of what he does is kind of like pretty he's strong. like a pro i don't want to say he's a product of it but like uh certainly a beneficiary of the the um the network that has been established for absolutely, sure, absolutely, like, yeah, thriving because of the community. Chris has Chris has mastered and, things and deservedly for, so. Uh, Chris has mastered things for uh, my label, Cliff Parade mm-hmm. Records, and numerous releases on my stuff. Uh, I just, I, I just overall, I do want to just say, Chris, I fucking love you. Like, this is definitely um, a better release from the last one. I would say, Agreed. I, I, but. Overall, why I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is like I like this smaller doses of tracks because what Chris does is a lot, and I need to fucking to take it all in <laughs> a little bit at a yeah, time. Yeah, like you know? it's really like I felt with the previous work that it was a little overly bombastic and sort of like lacking those loud, soft dynamics. And I, I feel like that's sort of been addressed at least to a, a small extent or to some extent on this new EP, where the tracks do offer a little bit of respite for your ears. It's not as a good word there. Yeah, it's not as like ear fatigue inducing. Yep. You know, and, and and certainly because it's shorter. Yeah, you can you 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 come out with less. Um, Left tonight, as, as it were, and I think it also sees him playing more to his strengths compositionally. Like, there's more like, like I said, I I enjoy the more breakdowny kind of stuff of what he does. I like the tech parts, but I feel like the breakdowns sort of add a nice bit of counterpoint between hearing all these blaring horns and um, synthetic horns at that, synthetic horns and keys, which sort of like leads me to my next thing, which I do feel like. Much like the Thought Crime album, I didn't really get to get this out because we sort of were, you know, just sort of talking about the parts we liked, but I really have an issue with the synthetic instruments. Like, they really can take me out of an album. Like, the, the keys, especially on this particular album and the last couple Sound and Creation releases, have been a bit one-dimensional in the way that they are utilized and that oftentimes they are utilized for slides, 
Ah, you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, yes, 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 they're, yes, more yes, often yes. than not, the keys are doing this like, like it's always like a, not always, but it's very, those those parts are very prominently utilized. They're very if it's not that, then they're used like in kind of like a stabbing staccato, you know, Bernard Herman sort of way. The stabbing staccato. This is where <coughs> I'm glad you pointed this out. The stabbing staccato is kind of where I get him and Luke Kelly still to this day. Like I feel like their music is so similar in that. Lots way. Lots of parallels to be drawn. But just there. holy fucking shit, man! Yeah. Both channeling Mr. Bungle very heavily, and that's yes. that's where the horns come in. And the, the horns, unfortunately for me, are a bit distracting. Like I will say that they are used to really great effect on Bernie Sanders as a hot piece of ass. Uh, I thought yes. that they're even though that they are synthetic, I like the the usage of them. On Literally, that track. that's what I put. Love key work in Bernie Sanders. Um, also, dude, well, the, the horns too on that track is what I was, the, was particularly commenting about. The chuggy sass in fucking I eat liberals and shit bullets. That's what that's a banger too. Woo, that's a good one. Like yep. The breakdowniness, the, the the sassiness of the vocals on that one for sure. Yeah, I, again, I I love the breakdowns on on uh, this 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 album, the CP. Uh, Obama sent the immigrants to vaccinate your guns with soy milk is also great for that reason too. Fucking, that's a really funny. Song I'm very title. upset with that title, but it's so good. <laughs> it's just like it's so much uh, there. It's so gosh. much to take in. It is a lot. It is a lot. But if I had to pick a track, I would say Bernie Sanders. Um, my, my, it's just again, yeah, the synthetics just sort of it take me out of it. I, I really wish that. Um, I, I would just like love to see some real horns and keys on the next Sound and Inspiration release. Like, Bernie Sanders is a hot piece of ass would sound fucking amazing live with actual horns, you know? Like, it would sound like fucking Naked City. That's, I mean, it, we're already really close Word. to Naked City territory. Like, I think that if, Chris, if you had a live band, sorry about the sirens, everybody. If you had, like, a live band performing this material with you, and I feel like you've gotten to the point now that people will get behind this project in terms of like instrumentalists. Somebody like um, Rich Castillo who performs saxophone on the Callous Dowboys records. I feel like somebody like that would link up with you and, and collaborate. Just putting that out there. The Sound of Ends Creation, now featuring other people. Other people. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I'm advocating for you to no longer be a one-person project if you're going to be dabbling with those kind of instrumentals because on an al- at least on an album scale, like it's really it's getting progressively harder for me to, to sit through those particular parts where like the... The, um, when you the, know what the sound is, where it's coming from, right. that kind of thing. Absolutely. Right, right. I totally understand. Absolutely. But uh, again, improvements have been made every step of the way. Chris is definitely like one of the fucking hardest uh, working one person projects aside from Cameron McBride of Methwich, you know, in this style. Uh, and then a uh, homie from Zom- uh, Zombie Shark. I'd say those three motherfuckers oh, right yeah. there. We got three, the trifecta of the, the, the true. Well, if we're talking about cyber grind people, we could be here all day. No, I'm one person projects we're talking. <laughs> we're talking just one Zombie person. Zombie Shark is not a one person project. Zombie Shark is a. There is a guitarist who who does a lot of the guitar parts. I don't Correction, know. Correction. Didn't know that. I don't know if they're on every track, but um, we talked about this last episode. At any rate, um, whatever, man. What a, hey, man. Whatever, <laughs> takes bro. Drag whatever, on the joint. Dude. So yeah, um, this EP definitely starts off strong. I will say that the the last track definitely was not hitting as strong for me though. The Ben Shapiro can't handle the swap. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Yep. That was like my, my least favorite uh, least favorite track on this one. But yeah, I advocate for uh, Bernie Sanders. Let's do Bernie. Great. So Bernie Sanders is a hot piece of ass uh, is the track that we're going to play for you. And that is track four off the Sound of News Creations new EP, Unicorn Laser Bubblegum City. And that came out on November 4th. 
Here we go. Right, so that was Bernie Sanders is a hot piece of ass, which is off the Sound and Ends creation new EP, Unicorn Laser Bubblegum City, and that came out on November fourth. So before we wrap this up, first of all, thank you so much if uh, you made it to the, end of the pod, you made it to the end of the podcast, and uh, thank you even more if this is your first time listening. If you're not already following us, definitely smash that fucking follow button. If you like what we heard, uh, give us five stars. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. You know, we're on SoundCloud as well. So little review here and there. Yeah, leave us a review. Leave us five stars, all that good stuff. And, uh, again, just a reminder to go check out our Patreon if you hella fuck with us. You've been thinking about it. You know, it's only a dollar a month, and uh, you get some, uh, some, 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 you know, you get some, some benefits there. But if you do $5 a month, you get some fucking swag. So mm-hmm. go check that out. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 90th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>